Shout out to uh, some of our college students that are here. <laughs> good to see you guys. Well, good morning, church. We're continuing in our series as we recap and look back in the book of Philippians to consider some key passages uh, to hold on to, to have written on our hearts, and to have it really inform and guide us uh, through the rest of our lives. So this morning we're in Philippians chapter 4, and we'll be reading from verse 6 and 7. So let's have God's Word open us up to Philippians chapter 4, and we'll be reading verses 6 through 7. And if you're there, please rise for the reading of God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Now this is the Word of God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Perfect Counselor, Gracious Father, draw near to us today. We are anxious people and we need your peace. Our thoughts run wild and our hearts sink deep. Tame us, bridle us, embrace us, and remind us. Bring us into your presence by prayer and meet with us here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. Once upon a time, long ago, Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough. So tough. Gina works the diner all day. Working for her man, she brings home her pay for love. For love. She says, we got to hold on to what we got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We got each other, and that's a lot. For love, we'll give it a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Whoa, living on a prayer. Tommy's got a six-string in hock. I'll stop there. <laughs> I've been known to beat a dead horse back to life. You know, life, as it happens, as hardship hits, uh, it often leads us down ways of anxiousness. And the Bible gives a rather simple and powerful remedy and relief to life's anxieties. And the simple remedy and relief is prayer, is one that, that, that instructs us to live a life of prayer, to hold on to his promises and to follow after him. 
The Word of God searches us out today in the midst of our anxiousness, in our anxious thoughts, in our anxious hearts. And we all experience anxiety to some degree, don't we? We all dread it. And yet at the same time, today we're told that in the midst of it, God draws near to us. You know, anxiousness has a way of making us feel alone, fearful, misunderstood, even frustrated, irritated, and angry. It can, it can lead us to depression and, and dissociation from the world around us. It's, it's often disguised as being absent or overly engaged. Anxiety makes us desperate, irrational, harsh. When anxiety is present, peace seems so far. When all we want in times of tightening anxiety is, is, is peace, a stillness, as our thoughts and our hearts rage. And friends, brothers and sisters, peace is exactly what God promises us through Jesus in today's word. If you look up with me, the, the gospel message today is very simple, that prayer leads to peace. And so we'll look at two points, prayer and peace. You know, and, and, and as we start in today's message, the, the irony or the difficulty is that even as we talk about prayer, we, we often see it as something we have to do. And, and the thought of even having to pray as a remedy or a solution to our anxiety might even deepen our anxieties. But, but pause here for a second, because the, the exhortation to pray is not given as a harsh command, but rather a gracious invitation. The, 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 the tone in which we hear the Apostle Paul right here as he echoes the words of Jesus is not, Pray! Stop worrying, you fools! You have to pray! I command it! It's your duty! It's a discipline! And oftentimes we, we, we hear it in that type of, uh, of voice. But, but, but when we hear the exhortation to pray, it, it's, it's a gentle and gracious invitation. Do not be anxious. Pray. Rather, pray. To come to Jesus in prayer to, to receive his peace. To come to him with all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our doubts, all of our anxieties, and trade it in for his perfect peace. All the worries of this world, I will lay them at your feet. Surrender every anxious thought for perfect peace. Your perfect peace. To bring the previous verses into context, we see that Paul is exhorting the Philippian church to trade in discontentment and anxiety for joy and peace. So he says, are you discontent? Then rejoice in the Lord. Are you anxious? then pray and find peace in Him. So we'll look at verse 6 first. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything, in any circumstances, in any situation, no matter what's going on. Do not be anxious. How can you say such a thing? Do not be anxious in the midst of a pandemic. 
Do not be anxious in the light of social political pressures to choose a side. Do not be anxious about your kids' schooling and their future. Do not be anxious about your finances. Do not be anxious about your singlehood, your marriage, your relationships. Do not be anxious about your future, your job, your projects, your deadlines, your test scores, your acceptances, your rejections, your worth, your identity. Do not be anxious in anything. Whoa! Well, if Jesus tells us not to be anxious in, in, in the face of all these circumstances, then his promise and insurances must be so good. It must be so sure. Now, are all levels of anxiety and worrying bad? No. Be wise. Be faithful. Be concerned about them. But do not be anxious to the point of forgetting God who loves you, provides for you, sustains for you, who has led you to every step right now, who has given you everything that you've needed, and who has given and taken away according to His wisdom for your good. In short... If we're trying to pinpoint what kind of anxiousness the Bible is telling us not to engage in is this. Do not be anxious as to neglect your faith in God. No matter what the situation may look like, do not discount God's sovereignty and his love that work together for your good. That kind of anxiousness doesn't just say that we don't trust God. It says that we don't trust Him because we don't believe He is able. We don't think He is loving and we don't think He is sovereign. And so the Bible, when it says, do not be anxious about anything, it, it's, it's telling us, believer, Christian, friends, do not be anxious to the point where you forget who God is, what He has done, and how His sovereignty and His love works together for your good. The person who has their trust in God knows that his sovereignty and his love work together for their good. And so here, if you look up here, John 16, 33, this is Jesus' words. He says this. PowerPoint, please. John 16:33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Friends, let every anxious thought lead you to the one who has overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulations and anxieties and worries and fears. But in Christ, you will have peace, for he has overcome the world. Do not be anxious. Do not be too careful or too concerned as if you don't have a God who has overcome the world. If the negative command is do not be anxious, what's the positive command? To pray. And again, let me remind us that this is a a prayer is not just a command or a duty or a discipline that is placed on the Christian life. Prayer is a gracious invitation extended to the believer who is struggling, who is doubting, who is overcome by waves and waves of anxieties and worries. Do not be anxious, brother or sister, but rather pray. 
pray. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul uses four different words here to reference prayer. He says prayer, supplications, thanksgiving, and request. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, in every situation, for whatever the circumstances are, let your anxiousness lead you to prayer, to supplication. As we tell God all that we are struggling with, all that we need, all that we are fearful of, and to do this with a heart that is thankful. What what does this mean? How does seasoning our prayers with thankfulness relieve anxiety? Well, well, think about this. Anxiousness is something we experience in the present based on the unknown of the future. Thanksgiving helps us to remember the past and recall how God has provided for us time and time again. By making prayers and supplications with thanksgiving, we are able to take what we know from the past of God's faithfulness, His sovereignty and His love, working together for our good, and then project them in faith to the future unknown so that in the present moment, we can be still. We can be assured. We can be at peace in Christ to know that even though we don't know what is to come, God does, and He has led us all the way even now, and He will continue to do so. A thankful heart Thanksgiving slows us down, helps us remember, and gives us a sobering reminder of God's character and His promises, His sovereignty and His love that come together for our good. Thanksgiving allows us to slow down in the fast and quick paces of our anxious thought because anxiety is often driven by the fear and uncertainties and then even more the fact that we have to do something, that we have to take control, that it's all on us. But Thanksgiving humbles us. I read an article by Ed Welch and and he talks about how, how anxiety often can be disarmed by humility. And, and, and that's not, a, that's not a, a, a common natural train of thought we have. But, but, but he argues the point that anxiety, in, to some degree, has this prideful aspect to it that, that makes us think that everything is in our control so that the outcome is determined by what we do or what we think or how we plan. But humility comes in here and says, actually, no, everything is in God's hands. So you might not know what the future holds, but if you truly trust and cling on to God who loves you and holds all things in his hands, who has already proven himself to you in your testimonies time and time again, then you will know through the heart of thanksgiving you don't have to fear the unknowns of the future, but you can be at peace and be still and know that he is God. So how do we feel relief from anxiety? The answer seems to be simple. Pray to God. Meaning, meaning draw near to Him. Tell Him what you are feeling, what you are worried about. Communicate it to Him. Prayer is not that difficult. It doesn't have to be so deeply theologically profound and heavy and gravitas. Prayer can be as simple as going to the Lord and saying, God, I'm scared. 
I'm worried. I'm anxious. I feel like if this happens, then this is going to happen, and I'm worried about what that could mean. Communicate what you are feeling, and then also communicate what God and how he has walked within you in the past. God, I know I, I shouldn't be feeling this because I know even in the past when this happened to our family that you provided for us, but right now it's so hard for me to remember and be in peace with that. God, would you, would you give me a thankful heart and, and, and remind me, sober me, to remember your provision, not in everything that I want or need, but in your perfect wisdom, how you always provide for us. And just start by communicating to God. Just, just communicate. And, and yes, of course, friends, yes, he knows everything already. He knows every word before it hits your lips. But that never stopped the psalmist from crying out, from praying, from telling God how he feels and what he's experiencing. It didn't stop him from putting into words the experiences and entrusting it to God's fatherly, loving, and sovereign ears. Just look at the pages of the Psalms. How descriptive it is, how how communicate how, how it communicates angst and worries and fear, and how it then strives to remember with thanksgiving God's character and his love and his sovereignty. We can pray like that. Our, our, the way we prayers can be informed by what we see in Scripture, brothers and sisters. If you are anxious, then tell God about your anxiousness. He doesn't condemn you for being fearful. He draws near to you and he says, tell me, child, what are you afraid of? What's got you so knotted up and overcome? Tell me. And as he hears us out, the Holy Spirit reminds us of his faithfulness, his sovereignty, and restores to us that spiritual sanity of trust and faith in him again. I have a quote here. This is Ed Welch again, and he says, Have you ever countered anxiety with thoughtful, scripture-led prayer? If so, you are in the minority. It turns out that this seemingly simplistic and available teaching is one of the hidden and underused treasures of scripture. It only sounds trite if you haven't practiced it. Too often we brush off this passage and wait for something we think has more oomph to it. Meanwhile, this wonderful compact teaching stands waiting for us. So why should we let every anxious thought lead us to God in prayer? Verse 7. Because the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me elaborate that on, on, on verse 7 a little bit. Meaning, peace that belongs to God and comes from God, a peace that is beyond any human calculation, logic, reasoning, probable outcome, data analytics, statistics, peace that goes beyond any human calculable efforts, which surpasses all of our finite understanding and reasoning and projection, that peace that only comes from God, that peace that generates from the sovereign God who created all things and holds all things, that peace of God, which is from God, 
that is beyond anything you and I can ever fathom or think up or make sense of or calculate or put into equation, that peace, when we go to him in prayer, will what? Will guard our hearts, will garrison it, will protect it, will defend our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Let me quickly reference and jump to John 14, 27 as Jesus says this. He says this. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus, as he nears his crucifixion, as he nears his death and betrayal, spends the time to comfort and give peace to the anxious hearts of his beloved disciples. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Jesus, although he is about to go to the cross and bear the sins of the world, be lashed, be mocked, be crucified, has a peace and understanding that all of this is part of the plan of salvation. And that even as the Son of God trusts God the Father and the Holy Spirit to work all things for good, Jesus has this peace that comes from His perfect union within the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Spirit. This peace that comes only by perfect union, Christ then extends to you and I through His perfect union with us. This is how He gives peace. This is how we receive peace. Perfect union with Christ. And it's made tangible and accessible, palpable through prayer. This peace is not as the world gives. And let me, let me, let me, let me affirm, the, the, peace can, the world can give us aspects of peace. And it's not a bad thing. The world does give us aspects of peace. Savings gives us peace of mind. It's wise. Insurance gives us peace of mind. It's wise. It's good to have. Good investments, yeah, it gives us peace of mind that in the future it's somewhat secure, right? And these aren't bad things. But this is not the type of peace that God gives. Because the worldly peace, although it is good, is also circumstantial. So when things go sideways, the world cannot guard or garrison or defend or protect your thought and your mind with peace. Because the peace the world offers, although it is good in the time, in that circumstance, is wholly open to the shifting unknowns of the future. But the peace that God gives, that is fully secured in His sovereign hand, given to you and I in love, is unshakable, unchangeable, unmoving, everlasting, ever-present peace, no matter what happens. Even if you lose your life savings, even if you don't have health insurance and you get sick, even if you've made bad investments in the world, your future looks dim. Even in the worst worldly circumstances, God in Christ can give us a peace that goes beyond all understanding. That is why a Christian can prevail in the midst of such hardship, such brokenness, such anxiety, such loss. Because the peace of God 
guards our hearts. When we let every anxious thought lead us to God in prayer, the promise is that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our thoughts in Christ Jesus. It talks about this guarding. Uh, the, the, the word used, another word used here is garrison. It means to equip or station to make a stronghold. In the time of war, uh, what, what, what they would do is they would send troops to a town, a garrison, to protect that town, to fortify it to defend it, to make it a stronghold, to even perhaps turn it into a home base. So imagine our hearts and our thoughts, our thoughts that often run so wild, unbridled, untamed, into the blackness of anxieties. Imagine our hearts that's sinking in a more narrow and deep well of anxiousness as we are drowning in it. The Lord, by His Holy Spirit, sends a garrison, sends a defense, sends a guard to fortify our thoughts and our hearts, to protect it, to guard it in Christ Jesus, so that whenever anxious thoughts may come, as we take it to the Lord in prayer, we would have peace. So that our thoughts will be tamed once more in remembrance of thanksgiving. So our hearts will be scooped out of that narrow, anxious well as we cling on to his promises. Prayer is how we participate in triune fellowship. Friends, think about that. Think about this. Jesus says, the peace I have, I give to you. The peace that I share within the the Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Spirit, and Son, this peace of perfect union and fellowship that I have, I give to you. So that means, that means, that means, if, if, if that peace is, is experienced through prayer in the midst of anxiety, then, then prayer is how we participate in this perfect and blessed and peaceful triune fellowship. When we pray to God the Father, the Holy Spirit gives peace that surpasses all understanding and guards us and keeps us in Christ Jesus who has united himself to us. What, what, a, what a beautiful, untouchable, unshakable peace we have in God. And so, the exhortation, the challenge, and the gracious and loving invitation for us this morning, for anyone who may be overcome with anxiousness, is to pray, to draw near to God, to make your supplications, make all of your needs, your anxieties, and your worries to God. With hearts, that remember and are filled with thanksgiving, knowing that if in Christ Jesus he has saved you for eternal life, then everything leading up to that is also a gracious, merciful, loving guidance to that reality. Brothers and sisters, are you anxious? Has this week been a struggle? Are you even now anxious about things of the future? The Lord invites you to come to him in prayer.